All right, folks, welcome on into another edition of the High School Huddle, your one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Fellman. He's Carl Jones. And last week, we made this whole big deal. We're going to be back here every Thursday. Every Thursday, we'll have you covered with high school sports. Well, then we forgot that they played, like, all the games yesterday because of Rosh Hashanah and the refs. So we had to go about everywhere covering some games. Didn't have time for the huddle, but we are back on a Friday. It is Friday, September 15th. And we are ready for the weekend. We are ready for another edition of the high school huddle, Carl. Yeah, do me for a loop. I'm not gonna lie. Like my whole like mental clock, body clock, whatever you want to call it, just didn't feel right yesterday. I'm like, yo, hold on. We're doing a huddle on a Thursday. I'm supposed to be like tired. Now I'm looking in, looking forward to college football on Saturday. Now I'm like, wait a second. Like, ain't nothing going on the next day. But you know, it is what it is. You know, maybe if y'all stop yelling at the refs, you know, we'll be all right. But um, nonetheless. I always take more football, spread it out. I'm big, uh, obviously, as y'all know, football my sport, so I ain't complaining in that regard. Yeah, every week or just about every week in Section 5 this year, one of the classes has to go on either a Thursday or a Saturday because they, they just don't have a refs to play every game on Friday. So this week, all the Class A's were uh, getting on that variable format. Most of them went yesterday. Uh, two teams are, are facing off on Saturday. We also had... McQuaid and Aquinas play their games today, presumably because of Rosh Hashanah. So a lot of games last night. Uh, we had a good frenzy for you, even though the offenses, it was a show for the defenses. We'll put it that way. We won't talk about the offenses in some of these games. We'll, we'll talk about the defenses. I mean, look, highlight purpose is rough, but I mean, shoot, as someone who loves some good old defense, uh, I wasn't complaining too much in that regard, but for, for my camera's sake, I was like, man, do y'all want to be on TV? Come on. I know y'all want to make y'all mama proud and be on News 8 tonight. But yeah, it definitely was some low-scoring games for sure. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, like grudge matches, not even like interceptions back and forth, things of that nature, yada, yada. Um, but you know, good good old-fashioned football on a, on a somewhat chilly September night. Got down a little bit. I only had the spring jacket, but but we may do. But either way, we're moving on. We've got our first set of high school New York State Sports Writers Association rankings. We've got them in boys soccer. We've got them in football. First, we're going to dive into the boys soccer rankings uh, for, for a quick second because we haven't talked a lot of boys soccer on the show just yet. These rankings have come out from class uh, AAA. Let's not forget about the AAAs that we talked about a lot last week. AA and A, they're going to do the small school rankings next week. Uh so we start with class AAA, where there's not many teams in Section 5 in general, and we only have one in the rankings, and that is Fairport. At number five, when these rankings were published on September 10th, they were 3-0-1. They are currently 4-1-1. Off to a nice start to their season, three shutouts so far on the year. They've got wins over uh, Brighton, HFL, Penfield. They won last night against Victor. Did suffer a loss to Hilton. Uh, and then had a draw with Churchville Chilai. So a good start for Fairport. Another thing to note is that McQuaid is not on this list so far. Made it all the way to the state championship game last year. Uh, perennial powerhouse in boys soccer, not in the initial rankings. However, they've only played two games so far this season. They tied Aquinas and they lost a close one to uh, Christian Brothers Academy out of Syracuse. So I'm sure we'll see McQuaid pop up in these rankings uh, as they start racking up some wins so far this season. And then down in double A, we got two teams as well. Spencerport uh, coming in at six, and then Hilton at 12th. Spencerport, defense leading the way so far. Three shutouts. I believe they're 5-0 and this year. Sectional champs last year in A, so they're bumping up to double A this year because of all the 
yeah. the classification <laughs> changes and who's going up, down, or whatever you want to call it. So Spencer Port, six so far. And then Hilton dropped la- uh, dropped one last night, excuse me. So they're four and one uh, coming in at 12th. Also Thomas, so I'm sure that number will change by the time next week's rankings come out. Also three shutouts, so the defense is pretty stout so far. Um, but yeah, two teams in double A, decent showing so far for section five in that uh, classification. Yeah, and, and as we just mentioned, Hilton with a victory over Fairport. So a really strong win. They've uh they've won two years ago, I believe it was, they were uh sectional champs and made it to the state final four, if my memory serves me correctly. So a lot of firepower in that Hilton squad um, coming back, getting some state ranks. And then in class A. We've got two teams from Section 5, Aquinas, at 3-0-1 on the season so far. As we mentioned, the tie to McQuaid, a quality showing. Then they beat Brighton. They beat Canisius out of the Buffalo area, a really strong program in most of their athletics, so a nice win. And then at number 13, we've got the Wayne Eagles, a team that is always feisty in the regular season, hasn't been able to, to replicate that success as much in the postseason. However, so far, a good start to their season. They've played three games. They haven't given up a goal, which by my calculations is pretty good. And they opened up their season with a one nothing win over Menden, which is another pretty strong soccer school. Is another team that they're going to see in those Class A uh, playoffs. I believe it's who they lost to. It was maybe one of the Pittsburgh schools. I forget exactly who. But uh, Menden's always a team that's always in the mix. So to start their season with a, a 1-0 victory uh, over the Vikings, that's a pretty good start for uh, for the Wayne Eagles. Yeah, especially because they'll, they'll talk about them as how maybe their regular season schedule isn't so strong, and then they go into the postseason, and now they're up against the rest of Monroe County. But as went over Minden, they uh nipping that narrative in the bud real quick. Yeah, so we'll get the girls' soccer rankings coming up for you next week. I assume they will uh they will release those. We'll we'll have that breakdown for you. We also had some football rankings. Not going to spend too much time on this because a good chunk of these teams have already played a third game since this went out. And uh, as we'll as we'll note later on in the show uh, through this segment, the, the state rankings aren't exactly super accurate this this early on in the season. But we will start in Class AA, where there should be no surprise who is at the top of these rankings for Section Five. You've got U Prep at ninth overall, McQuaid at twentieth. McQuaid just probably docked for not playing a super strong schedule. However, they did get a really nice win over Fairport uh, last night. Down early, came back, held on at the end. Fairport as we talked about last week, I think is uh, proving me right when there, I told you guys that they were going to be in that second tier, that third, fourth, you know, banana type of role. And then you prep at ninth overall, they got a nice win over Canadagua, you know, a, a perennial powerhouse program, maybe a little bit down this year, but still a nice win for you prep. So you prep and McQuaid at the top, not too much of a surprise uh, to see that to start off the season. No, uh, not at all. I mean, I haven't personally seen you prep so far, but based off of the results I've seen, it's a pretty darn good squad over there. And then McQuay, per usual, uh, Will DeMarco back there, quarterback, slinging a the rock. They got some dudes. Um, who's my man, uh, the running back? Little dude, John Harding? Yeah, yeah, Johnny he, he's Harding. Tough too. Yeah, yeah, he, he's tough, too. He, I swear, if you got a McQuay guy, just know that you're going to call his name. It is what it is. Uh, I feel like that's been like two years running at this point with the Knights. But, yeah, not no surprise at all that those two teams are at the top. Yeah, Will DeMarco slinging it with uh, number 80 or 88 or whatever on his. I, I'm so mad because I talked to him at the start of the season and all their practice jerseys say number one. It's not, you know, they don't have their actual practice jersey numbers. I would have remembered. And I was so mad when I got back and I forgot to ask him in like I th- we heard from Dave Yates. It was just kind of the number he was given. But I was so mad that I forgot to ask him why he wears that number. So hopefully I get out there to McQuaid. 
I can ask him again later on in the season. Moving over to Class A, Victor coming in at number eight, two and zero. We're not going to talk about it too much because I've spoiler alert going to talk about them later on in the show. And at number eighteen, East at two and zero, they moved to three and zero last night with another convincing win over Spencerport. These two teams, they they do not play in the regular season, but I think they're on a, a bit of a collision course for a Class A championship game. You've also got strong teams. You know, Canada was going to be in the mix. Schrader's going to be in the mix, but. Easton Victor is going to be a really fun battle. Hopefully we get good weather because last year in those class A championship games, the weather really dictated that, but those two teams have a lot of strength uh, in different ways, but, but they're going to be fun if they meet up later in the season. Like we say on this show, a lot of styles make fights and boy, two contrasting styles between those teams. You got a track team, not saying Victor doesn't have some dudes because they do got some dudes that can fly as well, but they're more hit you in the mouth, physical grounded out a little bit, man. Like you said, weather permitting, that's one of those games that I would love to be at. In Class B, we only have one team ranked so far, Batavia, 2-0. They're going to take on HFL tonight, so a pretty good test for them. The Blue Devils not ranked so far is Monroe, which is the reason why I say that these rankings don't hold a lot of merit so far because uh, Monroe should probably – not even be just ranked, you know, in the teens, in the single digits. Monroe's Monroe's got some dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just putting it lightly. I'll talk about them later on in the show. Some dudes with a capital D over there for Monroe. And then in the smaller school uh, brackets, we've got Attica Alexander, the defending sectional champ, starting off strong with the number one spot in the entire uh, state in Class C. They're going to play East Rochester Ganonda tonight, which should be a really good game out in Attica. They're at number ninth overall. Down in Class D, you've got the Aggies, of course, Oakfield, Alabama, Elba, strong for many years. They're at number three at a 2-0 record. They also got Canisteo Greenwood moving up from eight-man into back into Class D. They're tied for 15th overall. And then in eight-man, Section 5 has done really well in the eight-man, the sectional, you know, intersectional tournaments that they've done at the end of the season. Pembroke had a really strong season. Tyson Totten back once again. They're at number one, Boulevard Richburg, number three overall. So a lot of, as as usually is the case with Section 5, a lot of strong representation in our in our smaller classifications if y'all want to see a funny thing make you laugh a little bit go look at some of tyson totten's uh numbers <laughs> that he drops weekly i mean it makes no darn sense and i look i know the numbers are skewed eight man less players on the field i get it but if you still want to get a little chuckle see what he's doing down there at pembroke it's ridiculous yeah and and you saw him in week one and i've seen him in the past the the numbers make it seem like it's you know you know you know, flag football or something like that, Madden. But but th- these are dudes, the, the top guys in A-man, who could play in any classification. They, they're just, you know, they're football players. They're, we we don't we don't like to, to talk down on class eight-man at all. I'm a big fan of it, and, and especially a fan of guys like Tyson Totten. Yeah, he, he running through you, over you, around you. It don't matter. He give it to you however you want it. Tyson Totten, big fan here from over here at Channel 8. So we will see how these state rankings progress. Eventually, we will get back into our local rankings in Section 5. That will be coming up for you a little bit later on when we get a little better grasp of how these teams really rank out. Time now to move on to our Team of the Week segment, a team that's caught our eyes over the past couple of weeks, two games in some instances. Carl Jones, your Team of the Week for this Friday, September 15th. Yeah, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, the Monroe Red Jackets. We hyped up the game last week that they were going to face HFL, and 
We got there, saved it for my last game of the night. Like, all right, it's going to be a competitive game. They won 54 to six. Uh, I mean, there's not enough great things that I can say about this team. Um, you knew going in, they had some athletes. I mean, they have a guy who's a sophomore who has a Penn State offer. Unheard of. Just We talked about that last week, Messiah Hampton. Styles McKenzie Baker is another underclassman who has um, a fair share, a lengthy offer list uh, for a high schooler. And, boy, they took it to HFL. And it's not just their skill guys. I, I mean, they, they're good in the trenches as well. They had a decent amount of TFLs, um, just wrecking havoc, making the Cougars night just really, really they – were un, they were really uneasy the majority of the night. Um, just some stats to show how dominant they were. Kaya Moses, the quarterback, 311 yards on just 13 completions, four tutties through the air. Amari Cologne was this week's, I guess you can say, stat stuffer from the receiving room. 168 total yards, three tutties. Messiah Hampton, as I alluded to earlier, the sophomore that has a Penn State offer, five catches, 123 yards. I didn't even mention Styles McKenzie Baker. He was out there. I just don't think that A, threw his way, and then B, Got a lot, of, a lot of targets because when they did get the ball to somebody, they took it to the house. And then Jovan Bennett also had two tutties on the ground. Really, really strong team from Monroe. Um, th- like, I, like I alluded to last week, I believe, this is a team who they want to win a brick, but they were really confident in going beyond that this year. And, boy, they got the talent from my from my eyes to maybe make some noise this year in the postseason. This week, this Saturday, excuse me, the 16th, they'll be taking on Rochester Prep. I'm really looking forward to next week, though. They'll take on Batavia, rematch of last mm-hmm. year's sectional title. I'm already knowing they're going to get up for that one, just like the Blue Devils aren't going to lay down either. Boy, can't wait for that one. But nonetheless, what they did last week opened my eyes up. Shout out to the Monroe Red Jackets, my team of the week. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see over the next couple of years if if these kids kind of stay at Monroe, because, you know, a guy like Messiah Hampton, who is just a sophomore, like you mentioned, the Penn State offer, he's already got offers from Syracuse, West Virginia, you know, UB, th- you know, things like that. So he's got a lot of offers. Hasn't been too frequently the case that these guys stay here in Section 5. They go off to prep schools. They go off to California. You know, smart decisions on their part if it gets them the offers, you know, you know. Get, get the eyes on you that, that you need, especially a team that in row, which is a, you know, it is very good, but at the same time, it's still facing class B teams. So, you know, I'm sure plenty of other recruiters are going to look at his stats. They're going to look at his numbers. They're going to look at his tape and, you know, like, all right, congrats. You're doing this against class B teams in, in New York state. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, one to watch whether or not these, these, these talented athletes, these really great football players stay here at Monroe or, or you know, uh, try their options elsewhere. He has a good frame too. I don't, I don't have his his size right in front of me, but that's a nice well put together dude to be a sophomore out there. He's a, he's also played safety from a row. I know when I was playing receiver in high school, I usually look back at the safety and see how big he was and how he was roaming. He one of those guys where I'm like, "All right, make sure we not leading me high and dry over the middle cuz I ain't trying to get hit." Yeah, I've got him at Six foot on two four seven and six one at rivals. So uh, for just a sophomore, he's he's got some time to you know maybe bulk up a little you know get but still it's it's a good start. So uh, yeah, Monroe's look good so far. They're gonna look good for the rest of the season as well. My team of the week, the Victor Blue Devils. Saw him last night in a really good clash with Schrader. A good Class A battle. If you forgot, uh, well, we just mentioned it like five minutes ago, so you shouldn't have forgotten. But Victor is down in Class A this year, kind of taking over that Hilton role from last year where they kind of, you know, powered some teams around coming down from class double A to a, but Victor and Schrader, that was a really good football game. 
It was 14 to 12 after the first half. Schrader in the lead. Then the Blue Devils defense locked down, held Schrader scoreless, which is no easy task. Schrader has some really talented wide receivers. They can get it done. They got they did get it done in that first half. Um they, they had some really nice plays. Uh Tyler Washington had a touchdown where it was just a very impressive play. I wasn't there for it, but I saw it. It was, you know, the fade route in the corner of the end zone. Could not put it in a better spot. No fault to the DB there for giving up that touchdown. They had two of those in the first half. I'm, I'm trying to pull up the, the second name right now to give him some credit. Justin Meyer. Yep, that's right. He had just bounced off a defender after making a, a pretty nice athletic catch for the touchdown. But then the Victor defense locked down. They got it done with their running game. Dre Yomas ended up with 15 rushes for 146 yards and a touchdown. Set up the game-winning field goal by Mason Overton, where he just carried the entire team on his back, plowing through defenders, getting dragged down at the two-yard line. They did go backwards, so they had to sell for that field goal. But a really nice game for him. The thing with Victor, which, you know, is kind of the norm for the Victor teams in the past. They play really good defense. They can run the ball really well. Yomas, Adam Ruffalo had a good game. It's can they win with just that? They do have, you know, they have the ability to throw the football, but it's certainly not as much as East can throw the football. We've seen Schrader throw the football more prolifically. So it's a Styles type, Styles makes fights type of team where they're really good up front. They're really good defensively. They're really good at the run game. Can that be enough to power them to a title like uh, Hilton did last year? I think it can be. I think there's a really good chance it can, but that'll be one thing to watch as we move forward in the season. I think it can this year, especially in Class A, where maybe the mm -hmm. teams aren't as strong up front. You know, in Class AA, you got some big boys up there. And just like you just said, mentioned, Hilton, although they're a really darn good team last year as well. I mean, Robert Lowry, I forget the other back. It was a two-headed two monster last year they had back there in the backfield. But they ran their way to a sectional title, due in large part, they were in Class A, and they were allowed to say, you know what, we dare you to tackle us type of type of deal right there. And Victor's the same way. Nick Leonard is also the tight end, big boy. I know he has some uh, some college look, college love as well. Um, so maybe not a prolific passing game, but I know some nice pop passes over the middle, give it to him, uh, dare to safety to tackle him in space. But, yeah, Victor, I saw them week one against uh, Rush and Rietta. Hey, we dare you to come downhill and tackle us, and we dare you to uh, to run on us. Like they're that type of team, and I respect those who teams who know they know who they are and want you to do something about it. Yeah, Jeffrey Braun next to running back for Hilton last year, and you really got the like in Class A. You've probably got four teams near the top from what we think right now. You've got Canadagua, and you've got Victor guys who are going to play physical, run the ball on you, and then you've got Schrader and East who are going to be more you know, athletic on the outside, passing the ball down the field. So depending how those teams match up in the playoffs, the brackets, the weather, things like that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll play a lot as to how the sectional bracket shapes out. Moving on to our Eyes on You team, a team that is catching our attention, a team that deserves your attention. Carl, who do you got your eyes on this week? I got my eyes on the Thomas Titans. I was at the mm -hmm. game last night where they took down Penfield, and Penfield is one of those teams – who's physical. They hit you in the mouth. Adam Shimdry, boy, when I tell you that quarterback, he out there looking just to punish dudes with the ball. I mean, last week I saw him at RH and he was just looking at DBs like, who wanted next? Like, he was those type <laughs> of guys. And at, at times, he was giving it to, to the Titans. But then, by the end of the game, they stuck their face in the fan and they were bringing him down to the ground. Want to give some flowers to Levi Kulik, the quarterback. 
That name sounded familiar, and I know why his, I believe, older brother Jackson was a nice basketball mm-hmm. player on the court. He's now a Damon uh, hooping now. But nonetheless, 185 yards through the air, two tutties. Um, I don't want to say it's Schrader-like, and we'll see it next week, but they can throw the ball a little bit. They're very confident, quick bubble screens, quick hitches. Like They have no problem if they have to just throwing the ball to go win the game. Um, Sean Marlin also had the game ceiling pick as Penfield tried to move to, uh, go the length of the field to go win the game at the end. Also had a touchdown through the air. And then Marco Morelli, two tutties on the ground as well. Thomas lost last week to Victor. The game was semi-close. It was 20 to 10 and a half. And then Victor did Victor type things in the second half. But this is a team who may be in that second tier of class A who can make some noise. And, you know, sometimes how the way the ball falls in football, you can make some uh, some things shake. But Thomas, I was impressed. You can always pass the ball in high school. You got my, you got my attention when you can do that. And they had a really impressive come, behind, come from behind win over Penfield was really, really impressive. Yeah, Thomas, two years ago with Eli Adams, a quarterback, could do some really fun things. Looks like Kulik can do the same for them this season. And like you mentioned, you know, Penfield, it's a feisty squad. It's a physical squad. It's a class double A squad. So coming into this game, it's always a bit of a dice roll to see when you get, you know, a, a decent class double A team come down and play a good team in class A. You never know how those teams are going to square up. And for a second, it looked like Penfield was kind of going to pull away, but Thomas showing a lot of heart, a lot of determination. And as you alluded to, they've got that matchup with Schrader next week. Always a fun rivalry game. Always, you know, a battle, you know, for for the key to the city, as I like to call it. So they're going to be getting up for that one. They're going to want to prove that, uh, you know, they're the top dogs in Webster. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be at that one. So (laughs) let's bring out the, the fireworks and we'll see over under 500 passing yards for that one. My eyes on you team is a team that really shined last week. The Arcadia Titans, specifically Deshaun McClemon. They came back from down three scores against Spencerport to win 39 to 38 in this game. So, you know, they scored 39 points, six touchdowns for, for those at home. Deshaun McClemon scored every single one of those six touchdowns. Mr. Deshaun McClemon. Had 19 carries for 121 yards and two touchdowns. Four receptions for 80 yards and two touchdowns. He opened the game with a kickoff return for a touchdown from 75 yards. And he had a punt return touchdown from 73 yards away, where there are 11 people on a football team for each team. I think he broke 13 tackles on that punt return touchdown. He broke a tackle earlier in the play. He had to do so much bobbing and weaving and getting behind his blocks that those guys were able to get back in the play and he was able to break their tackle again. It was just unreal how much Deshaun McClemon went off in this game against Spencerport. I was there from, I got there at 657. They started the game early, so I missed the opening kickoff return. I'm blaming Spencerport for that 100%. Spencerport came down and scored three times in basically three straight possessions. They had a pump block for a touchdown. I was like, okay, you know, Arcadia is fun, but, you know, Spencerport, you know, they're going to just take care of business, I get. I get back to the station and I saw that Arcadia won. And then after the game, I was watching the huddle, you know, the, the varsity media feed to write this highlight. I was annoying the heck out of Carl because every three minutes I'm like, Carl, stop what you're doing. Watch this highlight. Look what he did on this play. Look what he did on that play. Look what he did on this play. It was incredible. Deshaun McClemon put on one of the best all-around performances that I've seen. And and speaking of all-around, he does it on defense too. He had 11 tackles, three tackles for a loss, a pass breakup. Carl Ewart's game last night, he had an interception. So 
Deshaun McClellan, he was our player of the week. And I just wanted to give him even more love on our podcast here because, because that man is just, he's a fun football player. We, that's just putting it lightly. Yeah, man. I, I don't know what happened week one. Cause I was at Arcadia week one. I, I don't, I can't off the top of my head. think remember what happened, but once I heard about what he did last week, I was tuned in to see what he was going to do. And um, that pick at the goal line was really, really impressive. And, and then when he got the ball, you can tell that he got some juice to him. Now, Canadago has a really good defense, so they limited him a little bit. But he got some juice. And like you mentioned, that highlight was 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 stupid. And to put it nicely, man, it was just – he made things happen where it looked like he was playing peewee. Like, I honestly felt like he was back – he, in his mind, thought he was back in, like, fifth grade again. Like, that's how he really was out there playing ball, man. He doing that against high school kids. Really, really dope player, man. I can't wait to see how the rest of his year shakes out. Yeah, it was it was Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile ask just like you know back weaving and and this and that and all that. Yeah, and, and you mentioned what they did in Week One. the Ar- The Arcadia Titans they played three games this season. They've all been one point games so far this year. They they beat uh, Gates Chilai in overtime, stopping a two point conversion. As we mentioned in Week Two, they beat Spencerport by a point, where uh, Rangers had a good two-point conversion play, just ended up an uh, incomplete pass, so they won that game. And then last night they lost a slug match to Canada with seven to six. So you want to talk about a team that knows how to, you know, they're going to come to sectional playoff games. They're going to be like the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to be a one-score game every single time, and and we just see what happens in the playoffs. And it, they're going to be a fun team, you know especially in class a this year, not every team is going to make the playoffs there. You know, they, there's only eight teams that are going to make it in class a, they didn't break it up in class a, they didn't break it up in a one, a two, everybody's in class a. So you're probably going to have to have a 500 record of that, something in that nature to make the playoffs this year. Those, those close wins are going to be really important to, to get them playing in postseason football. You ain't got to worry about Arcadia being battle tested. I'll tell you that. They're going to be <laughs> they going to be ready come November. <laughs> All right, we've got some great games coming up for you both t- tonight. We're not going to make this one. We could have been our game of the week, but you know, by the time we get this out there, it'll be done. HFL Batavia tonight's going to be a great game. But we got some more games coming up for you on the slate. Carl, what game do you have your eyes on in the next coming days? Yeah, we're going to go down to class C. ERG is going to host Leroy believe next Friday night at home, like I just alluded to. ERG, you saw him week one, I believe. Some dudes. Ben Newman at quarterback, Miles Cavanis out wide, Noah Mather, Kadero Sneed. He got some weapons, right? Roy, on the other hand, first two games, they want to combine 55 to 13. So I want to see, is er is it ERG and Attica and the rest of the class C, or can Leroy hang around? I know they've had some really strong teams in the past who are maybe physical to a certain exp- ex- extent, never really getting blown out. They're always going to hang around in their games. So I'm interested to see can Leroy muddy the game up and bring their own type of swagger and flair to the game against ERG. And once again, I mean, ERG got dudes. So I just want to see how that works out in his own right. So next weekend, classy matchup, Leroy traveling out to ERG should be a good one. Yeah. And with that game being on Friday, we should have some time to maybe even hype up that matchup some more next week, especially if East Rochester Ganana can go into Attica, the number one team in the state, knock them down. So th- that game's going to have a lot of hype around the next week if that can happen. And Leroy's got Lion Sodas tonight um, at home, which is another good squad that, that gave East Rochester Ganana not a run for their money, but they played them physical and tough. They've got, uh, we talked about them a little bit last week. They've got some guys. So, 
especially if these those two teams can both pick up wins this week. That is certainly one we're going to have our eyes on next week. I'm looking to the volleyball courts for my game of the week. I'm going to a boys volleyball showdown between Fairport and Penfield. That game is going to be on Monday, the 18th. And I specifically picked this game kind of just to talk about Fairport for a brief moment, because if I didn't have so many football teams I want to talk about, I would make them my team of the week, my eyes on you team of the week. So far, the Fairport Red Raiders on this young season, they beat McQuaid in four sets, three to one, really powerful team that they've had great success in the past. They beat Webster, the Webster Lakers, three sets to one last year's state runner up. Class A, Division One, brings back a ton of great guys as well. And then they swept Spencerport. Three sets to none. Last year's Class B, Division Two runner-up, brings back a ton of guys. They didn't really have a lot of seniors on the, uh, the roster at all last year. So Fairport, three massive wins so far early on this season. Uh, some of the players who've been getting it done for them so far this year. And the match against Webster, Andrew Howe, 21 assists. Luke Sullivan with nine kills and six blocks in that Spencerport matchup where it was a three set game, but Spencerport got to at least 20 in every single mat or every single set. Uh, Noah Mabon, 10 kills, four blocks, a lot of, lot of sister and brother connections over there. Fair point, the Mabons and then Nick Smith with 15 assists, both from the setter position. So it seems like they're running some sort of a six, two there. And then Penfield is, is no slouch as well. They've got a win over Victor so far this season. Uh, they've got a tough five-set loss to Aronicoit, who is, has beaten some of these teams we mentioned earlier. So Aronicoit's really good. To take them at five is no joke. So Fairport and Penfield should be a really good battle. We'll get another good test for Fairport. And if they win again, I might just have to, to elevate them to one of my Team of the Week statuses next week. I love those squads who don't really care about the name on your jersey. They coming at you. I mean, you're talking about what those teams did last year. Fairport does not care one iota. They talking about what you're doing this year. What have you done for me lately, all right? And, man, I mean, you're talking about runner-ups and the state tournaments, and they don't care. Uh, Red Raiders, man. I mean, and also you got my attention with the Maybon thing. You know what you was doing right there. Uh, but, yeah, all right, then. I, I'm, I'm locked in to see what y'all doing from, the, uh, from here on out. AJ, open my eyes to that. The the uh, the Fairport athletic director has got to send some sort of fruit basket to the Maybons and the Poochies, just, you know, developing quality athletes for all of their sporting districts. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of a lot of family connections there, Fairport, who's getting it done for them. So good to see that. Uh, good. Good to see that as well. So that'll do it for us uh, today on the high school huddle next week. We'll, we should be back on Thursday. I can't think of a reason why we will not be on Thursday. However, you never know what's going to go on in this, this crazy world that we call. I think uh, most of the games are on Friday night next week for, for high school football. So we should be back to our normal slate on Friday. But, but like you said, it was kind of fun having on Thursday. It, I got to say it felt really weird waking up this morning because I 100% thought it was Saturday. I could not comprehend the fact that it was Friday as I woke up after going to bed late at night. You know, we leave the station like 1.30. I, I had no idea what day it was when I woke up this morning. I turned on the TV ready to put on big news. <laughs> big news. And then I realized, why is, oh, it's Friday. Okay, ain't nobody playing today. Okay, whatever. So yeah, my, my mental clock wasn't wasn't locked in at all this morning. 
Yeah, as uh, as we were doing our write-ups last night, uh, I saw you looking over the college football schedule because that's usually routine, figure out what games you're going to watch, things like that. And I'm like, oh, man, Carl's going to real jump on it. Carl's going to real jump on the game. So I don't think we have any good Friday. Actually, it's a pretty rough week for college football in general this week, isn't it? Yes, yeah, but Deion Sanders coaches football. So, I mean, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Maybe... The NCAA just paid Colorado State's head coach to say something stupid. So we actually have something to talk about this week because, you know, you know, I'm not going to say conspiracy theories, things like that. But that produced so much great, produced a lot of great content this week. Great content. Great content. Does he have, like, I know he's got the special, does he have like a brand deal at this point? Because he's giving away like hundreds of sunglasses I've seen so far this week. I mean, it makes sense. He just had the entire first take crew with sunglasses on too. Hey, man. What they say, any publicity is good publicity. I, I mean, sure, keep talking about my hat and my glasses. I'm going to keep pumping them out and giving love to everybody. I mean, don't poke at the bear. Don't don't poke at the Rado Bears. Come on, man. Or Buffalo, yeah, excuse me. I, I saw he gave one to, to everybody on his team. So, uh, all the, you know, I'm, I'm root for – I like Dion. I'm root for Dion. It would just be hilarious for them to lose. I would I, – because if the Colorado State coach that goes – that would just – Oh, great, I love theatrics. great drama just, no matter what great yeah, drama like, no matter what i'm here for the theatrics i'm not like i'm not on the team i just want to see drama i want i'm all, I'm here for that that's what i'm here for all right i'm not an yeah. alum of colorado the press conferences either way are going to be great just as our high school huddle show will be next week it is time to break the huddle for carl jones i am aj film and we will see you next week you can find us rochesterfirst.com youtube spotify apple Podcasts. thank you for listening thanks for watching and we will see you next time